Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. You may have seen during the week news that came out of the Dublin City Council that was asking the subset group of artists to take down the mural of David Attenborough that had been put up down in Portobello. Beautiful one to help celebrate his 93rd birthday. They're now being threatened with fines. They're being threatened with legal action and imprisonment. Joining us now is someone who wishes to remain anonymous from the subset group. Uh, he's going to explain a little bit more about exactly why they put it up, what happened, and uh, he's live on the line now. So listen, thank you very much for popping on Room 104 this evening. You're most welcome. Uh, I suppose question number one, for people who don't who mightn't have seen this mural or who have no idea of why you guys went out and created this and made this, why? what was the, the reason behind painting this? We had been approached by a group of Irish citizens, old friends of the Irish environment. They asked us would we help promote the fact they are taking our government to court over inaction on climate change. So we painted a small piece for that and then we started to do a little bit more research and that led us into areas like climate change and microplastics and shortly after that uh, Blue Planet came out which a lot of us just watched in our studio. And then we decided we do an art piece to draw attention to the narratives that David Attenborough had highlighted through that series. And then that would tie back in with the trends of the Irish environment. So pretty much just to raise awareness around those subjects. And just as a nod to David Attenborough because... He's a legend. Yeah, he's a bit of a legend in fairness. Like for he's a good dude, yeah. How long did that take? Uh, Because the detail was amazing. Yeah, very, it is very amazing. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's an unbelievable mural. Um, whereabouts, what building is it up on, by the way? Uh, it's just a private property, someone's home, um, on the south circuit of the road. And I, I believe as well, the people who own that property obviously knew you were doing this and didn't have a problem. So when did you get when did you get like notice or a message from the council saying that this had to come down or how did that unfold? Uh, pretty shortly afterwards, um, usually if an artwork gets a lot of interaction, or certainly with our artworks anyway, if they do get a lot of interaction, uh, we tend to get a notice pretty shortly afterwards from the city council. Uh, so I, I think it was maybe like six or eight weeks after. In and around that amount of time. It's not the first notice you've gotten, though, as well? No, no. <laughs> There's been a few. 
Um, yeah, we might chat obviously about those, the storms you went down Smithfield and I'm stuff. A huge and that. fan yeah. of storms, yeah, as everyone knows. She was very upset when that has come down. She I couldn't talk to her for, for days. But um, in, in my head, now again, I may not be obviously fully aware of the law around murals, but I would have thought uh, it, once the person who owns the property has signed off on it, mm. like, because you're not adding to a structure really, it's like painting a wall for want of a better word. Um, like, what's the legal grounds around painting murals on the side of walls? Um, well, so Planning and Development Acts, which governs, as you said, structures, just out of reference, you guys, uh, showing the difference between painting a building and, and building a building uh, are pretty evident to us and pretty clear. But the same uh, act or piece of legislation governs uh, the same things. So we don't feel Planning and Development Act is a suitable system to govern large format artwork in the public realm because it is far too complex and rigid for something that's as fluid as artwork. Um, so we, we, we put forward previously a framework for the licensing of spaces for public artworks, uh, which we produced in Conjunction with an architecture firm called Goku, and uh, we also have a planning consultant who weighed in on it too. And we put that forward to Dublin City Council. They told us to speak with um, the Minister for Housing and the Minister for Arts, but they said, understandably, the Minister for Housing was very busy and is still with a housing crisis. So this isn't really at the top of his priorities list, which is understandable. But we decided we'd try anyway. And that's when we linked in with ICHH Inner City Helping Homeless as well, just because uh, it felt like a good thing to do at the time. But we spoke to uh, the Minister for Arts. She gave us her support uh, as much as she could, but she essentially told us there was nothing she could do. But she was very upfront about that. So, uh, yeah, it was helpful from her. But uh, the Minister for Housing didn't have time to meet with us. Um, and told us that we should probably speak with uh, Dublin City Council. So we're kind of just being sent around in circles. But that being said, I mean, we've since worked with Dublin City Council on several occasions, and it's been it's been great. We collaborated for uh, the Bushy Park Bandstand, and that was received pretty well. So it's not that we're at loggerheads. It's just that um, I suppose we have two different perceptions, uh, maybe kind of two different age groups, two different approaches to something like this and that's causing friction. We both want the same thing, I suppose, which is to improve Dublin City, so hopefully we can uh, somehow find a middle ground. So, uh, is that right then? Obviously, if you're putting up a mural like this, you need, technically need planning permission. So you either can apply for planning permission or you can apply for a different type of permission in which you partner with Dublin City Council. Um, but there are certain attachments that come along with that, that and we aren't really much like with the Planning and Development Act we're not really agreeable to and that's why we feel uh, a system that is built by various stakeholders um, rather than just one body would probably be better suited especially when uh, it's the people at the moment who don't really have a say probably have the most experience 
maybe don't have the same experience with planning and development, but our whole point is this isn't really planning and development. So therefore, I don't know if the experience in that realm is really necessary in the same way it might be with other stuff. But as I said, it's an ongoing process and like we currently sit on a panel with members of Dublin City Council where we try and improve the system. But again, our, our whole issue is that the existing system can't really be improved. It needs to be uh, removed and replaced. What's it like in other cities? Uh, a, lot, a lot of cities operate on a licensing agreement. It's just a far more um, accelerated process, uh, less red tape, less involvement from people outside of the people that are actually producing the artworks. Um, and I suppose more supportive in many ways because I think that, you know, a lot of European cities, US cities, uh, like say for example at the moment several of our team members is part of a, a wider project called Climate, which I suppose David Attenborough and the original project I spoke about link in with, but um, several of our team are in Colorado at Crush Wall Festivals, uh, which we were uh, graciously invited to. Um, so that's an amazing festival that's going on at the moment. It's hundreds of artists producing huge, huge artworks in a district specifically designated for that purpose. And like our guys are having a really good time over there. And hopefully there's a lot of stuff they can learn that maybe we can bring back here and try and improve things with it. So I know there might be someone listening right now who's thinking, why don't you just go get the planning permission, get all the forms signed? But from your perspective as an artist, how difficult and costly and, and time-consuming is it to just go and get planning permission for these murals? Well, it depends on the location of the proposed artwork, the size of the artwork, the content of the artwork, and I suppose your experience with the system as well. Uh, because it's not exactly an easy one to navigate unless you've done it before uh, previously or else you have knowledge about it. So we feel it's a pretty case-by-case basis, but generally speaking, planning permissions um, can take anywhere from three to six months. The costs are based on the factors that I outlined before, so it completely depends. But there's different charges per square metre based on what it is that you're doing. And I just don't really feel that it's a facilitatory system uh, it's more of a preventative or I say like not preventative that's probably too strong a word but it's, it's more set up to as I've actually heard a councillor say before you know stop bad artwork basically that's what it's, it's used for sort of like a, a gatekeeper system which is understandable again from the perspective of planning and development but we don't consider artwork to be development and then to be governed by that system it just it, it doesn't really make sense to us so I'd say most difficult with the system it's just it's pretty draining and, and time consuming and complicated especially if you're not engaged in any system like that previously yeah and imagine you can't turn around your time sensitive pieces as well um, if you have to wait six months before you might get sign off it kind of would lose its whole impact or appeal um, do you think and, like, well, go well sorry sorry to cut across you but I'll, I'll just say like the thing is as well and, and this is the, the most frustrating bit I would imagine and kind of as when we've partnered with Dublin City Council before if, if, if something is brought to them that they're very agreeable to you know based on whatever criteria they use to assess it the process is quite quick but it, if you're bringing something to them that maybe isn't within the realms of, of their uh, appreciation understanding grasp experience uh, maybe it's not going to be such a quick process 
and maybe there's going to be a lot more explanation or plaudits needed before you'll be taken so seriously with us whereas and that's what I mean by it's sort of a gatekeeper type thing whereas uh we feel, you know, the more people get to paint, uh, the more the quality will improve, the more we'll make a name for ourselves as I think we'll, as a city and as a, a country of artists like, you know, a world-renowned for that. Definitely we, we can also be world-renowned large format artists as well. Yeah, I've been in cities where they have given, you know, part of the attraction to the city is they've given away like free free guides of artwork that's done in the city, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're photo opportunities and it makes a big part of the, the culture and tells a story of the place that you're in and they're like, oh, there's, uh, it was on a graffiti tour, I can't remember where it was, but, Berlin. and again, it, it wasn't Berlin, but it was definitely, it, it wasn't tacky or destructive and it told a story mm. about the town that it was in and it very much added to the, instead of just, oh, there's another Starbucks, cool. But that's how some people see it. Some people see it as just um, like a bad thing, like rubbish. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like people yeah. just don't have any regard for it. But um, but it, again, I, I don't really think that's necessarily like a fault of the public. I, I think that comes from how it's dealt with from, you know, a, a legal perspective uh, or a criminal perspective. And it's this certain stigmatization that's placed on the medium and, and that sort of pervades into different areas and then people have an automatic reaction to it where yeah. it's, probably, it's probably not even their natural opinion of it it's probably just you know it's, it's been kind of pushed on in these different ways I mean when we're getting these letters from the council and we're talking about fines and imprisonment that's the sort of when you're you know what used to I suppose we'd be fearful of when you're reading that stuff you're much younger and you're less experienced you're like oh no mm. but then as you deal with it more you start to look at it from like I just think that's ludicrous the threat of that even if it's just a threat and there's no real intention of, of doing that maybe there is I don't know but even if it is just a threat it's just again it's, don't really feel that's the correct way to deal with an art form that like deeply ingrained in, in the country we just feel that there needs to be changes and you know we're, we're happy to help with them in whatever way we can yeah and so for someone who's listening right now who might uh, want to figure out well one see more of the work that you've done see more of the murals that have been taken down mm. by the council and maybe lend their support or get, get behind what you're doing where would be the best place online to reach out and connect with you just our, our website subset.ie but really what's most beneficial now would be um, if people just contact their local councillors uh, if it is something that they want to support and just say you know we're in support of seeing more artworks or, or a better system for artworks or whatever way you want to phrase it yourself but something like that that's what would probably help most now at the moment and it's nothing to do with just as well to be clear you know, like there's all this noise around us having these artworks removed but like there's lots of artists that have had these artworks removed uh, just because they're not shouting about it like we are you know it's not just a problem we're experiencing lots of people are experiencing it or have experienced it and affects the whole community really and it sort of in our opinion anyway holds it back as far as we're concerned so yeah support for it would be appreciated lovely well yeah. we'll make sure to share obviously subset.ie and any of the links that you have via FM104 and Room104's Instagram um, and social channels as well but thanks a million for taking the time out this evening to speak to us no problem you're welcome Okay, that's uh, the end of the show this evening. Thank you very much for listening. If you missed any of the interviews, uh, either with uh, Brian on My Worst Gig or with our millionaire philanthropist person on Twitter, uh, you can catch them on the Room 104 podcast, uh, which will be up in just a few moments' time. So uh, tomorrow on the show... The Shredder is back and Gary has told us that we're allowed to use it now, which is brilliant. I know we stole it last week, but we're allowed to actually use it now. Yeah, he's he's caved. He's buckled. Yeah, Well, fine. listen, uh, thank you. Thank you, Gary. So uh, if anything or anyone today, this week or tomorrow has annoyed you, do 
tune back in from 9 o'clock tomorrow. It'll be live in studio. It is a sacrificial voodoo doll of sorts, except it's of the office equipment variety. So do tune in there. Swim, Swim and Bobby are back tomorrow morning from 6am. No, sorry, Nobby is still off. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, he's having a holiday. He is on beautiful, beautiful holidays. Yeah, he's allowed. Unlike the rest of us. So uh, it'll be Jim Jim and Crossy back in the morning on the Strawberry Alarm Clock and we will talk to you tomorrow night from 9 o'clock. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.